Well, I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses and network churches. We are honored that you've decided to come and worship here with us. And we truly believe that God has you here today, this day, on purpose. And so just excited to see uh, how God is going to speak to each and every one of us, myself included. Uh, this message this week, honestly, has just been hitting me over and over and over again. And so I'm thrilled that you're here. Before we get into the message, though, I just want to say you will want to come back and join us next week. Next week, we're starting a brand new series called The Five Things That Kill Your Relationships. Again, next week, new series talking about relationships in general, friendships, relationships with family, marriages, and the five things that will so often kill your relationship and what Jesus has to say about those five things. And so we're excited to see how God is going to move in and through this series. So come back, drag someone to come with you. Uh, we're excited about what God has in store, okay? Well, today uh, we are wrapping up our series called Movies from the 80s. Movies from the 80s. And we've covered only the classic movies, okay? Back to the Future, E.T., Gremlins. Last week we looked at the movie Ghost, which is technically from 1990. Uh, but we'll give uh, Holly a pass on the movie Ghost. I know for myself, after watching the movie Ghost, I've never looked at pottery making the same way, okay? And uh, I've asked my wife many times to make some pottery with me, and she has declined every single time. <laughs> but for today, we're going to continue on and look at one more classic, the classic movie the Three Amigos. The Three Amigos. I don't know what movie you grew up watching over and over and over again, but in our house, no kidding, this is not a joke, it was The Three Amigos. I mean, we watched The Three Amigos over and over and over and over again, if you know what I'm talking about, okay? So we watched the movie The Three Amigos. I happen to have two older brothers, and some people, one of my parents would always call us The Three Amigos, and as a kid, I actually got to go. Our whole family went to old Tucson and Arizona, and we got to see where the movie Three Amigos was shot. And so check out this quick picture here. That is awesome on every level, okay? I showed my wife this picture earlier this week, and she just started laughing at it. I was like, you're laughing at my childhood. And she's like, are those flip-up sunglasses you're wearing? And I'm like, baby, I'm much cooler than that. It's the glasses that you drop in from the top on your, on your glasses. So anyways, I was awesome. Continuing on, though, I love this movie. And the hardest part of preaching from the Three Amigos was deciding which clip we were going to use. And so on that note, check out this clip from Three Amigos.
Pas. Great movie. The look on Steve Martin's face gets me every time. But today I just want to start off by asking across all of our campuses a simple question. Have you ever had a time when you've been thirsty before? Have you ever had a time when you've been thirsty? Like, have you ever had a time when you so badly, so badly were thirsty and you longed and you wanted a simple drink of water? This summer, uh, the Weber family, my wife and I, with our four hoodlums, we went to the Omaha Zoo and we just so happened to go on a day that it was 95 degrees out. It was 95 degrees degrees. It was blazing hot in this picture. We are all dripping wet. I think it's the only time all of us were smiling and not yelling and screaming. And and I'm pretty sure our kids started complaining about it being hot and about them being thirsty before we even got out of our minivan. That day, numerous times, I just remember thinking we are all going to die of thirst. But again, I just want to ask, have you ever been thirsty before? Have you ever had a time when you've just been so thirsty, like you just longed for water? Well, with this right now, I'm going to have us open up our Bibles to the book of John chapter 7. John chapter 7 across our campuses want to encourage us to open up our Bibles. There is something powerful that happens when we open up the Word of God. So use the Bible on your phone. Use any Bible uh, that you have. I just want to encourage us to start bringing our Bibles with us uh, just to open up and get comfortable. Open up the Bible. It might be weird for some of us. And each week, it's just a chance to kind of get more and more familiar with it. But to bring us up to speed on what's happening, Jesus is in the city of Jerusalem. And the people there, the Jews there, are celebrating something called the Festival of Tents. Now, this might seem like a boring history lesson, and yet it's actually really important to give us a deeper understanding of what we're going to talk about today. And so this Festival of Tents, it was seven days long, and it still is. Jews actually celebrated it two weeks ago at the end of September. So it's something they still do. And during this festival, it's a time when the Jews remember being out in the wilderness. They remember being out in the wilderness, out in the desert, and how God faithfully provided for them. How God provided water, how he provided food, how God provided protection, how God provided for them protection for 40-some years. And two specific things happened during this festival, all right? During these seven days, Jews, they still do this, they sleep outside of their house in tents. They sleep outside in tents to remember how they used to sleep in tents out in the wilderness. They do that, and also each day, they fill large jars of water. And then every day they pour the water out onto the ground to remember how God faithfully provided them with water to drink when they were thirsty out in the wilderness. And so that's the backstory. And now jump into the things in John chapter 7, starting in verse 37. Here is what we are told. It says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, again, the festival of tents, we just got done talking about it. Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from their heart. Again, just to repeat what Jesus says. Jesus says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from their hearts. Jesus is saying... During this festival, this festival for seven days when you've been pouring out water each day to remember how God provided for you. During this festival, when you've been pouring out water to remember that God satisfied your needs. During this festival, when you've been pouring out water to remember how God quenched your thirst out in the desert. Let me tell you something crazy. 
I am the living water. I'm the living water. I'm like the water that you've been pouring out. I am a water that when you drink it, you will never go thirsty again. I mean, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Unlike the water you've been pouring out during this festival to remember God and how he provided for you. I am the living water. The living water that will last forever. One more time, I just want to ask across our campuses, have you ever been thirsty before? Have you ever been thirsty? And to be clear, I'm not talking about being physical thirst, physically thirsty. And I'm also not talking about how the cool kids use thirsty these days. Instead, I'm talking about being thirsty inside of here. Like I'm talking about in your soul. Have you ever been dry before? In your soul internally, in your insides, have you ever just longed for something to drink? Have you ever just longed to be satisfied? Ever just longed to finally satisfy the thirst that you have? And maybe you've ran after this and you've tried that and you've, you've tried whatever to shove whatever into your soul, but it's never ever seemed to be enough. One more time, I just want to ask, have you ever been thirsty before? It's like every party you just craved something, like you were just longing for, for something. Have you ever just wished that whatever is inside of you could just be filled? Whatever inside of you could just shut off, whatever inside of you could just be satisfied because you were just longing for something more. Okay, so that's all of us, right? I mean, that's pretty much all of us, but what does that even mean? Like away from the churchiness and churchy talk, what does it mean to be thirsty? Like, like what, is it, what does it mean that Jesus can fill us up? What, is it, what does it mean that Jesus is living water? I've, I grew up and I heard that in church. Like, but what does that even mean? And to help us get this, uh, just to grasp what we're talking about, basically, if our life is, is an empty cup, what does it mean that Jesus is the living water? If our life is an empty cup, what does it mean that Jesus is the living water? It means that he fills us. What does it mean that Jesus is the living water? It means that he fills and he satisfies us with what? He fills us with his peace. He fills us with his joy. He fills us with his goodness. He fills us with his kindness, with his faithfulness, with his grace, with his mercy, with his truth. What does it mean that Jesus is the living water? It means that he fills us from the inside out. Getting more specific, what does it mean that Jesus is the living water? It means that when we're restless and nothing seems to satisfy just the restlessness inside of us with Jesus, he's enough. And when we're broken, when we're broken and we're just like, gosh, I just wish I could be made new. It, it, when, we, when it comes to Jesus being the living water, it means that he fills us. He fills our pain. He fills our brokenness. What does it mean? It means that when it comes to this addiction, and it's like I have zero self-control. Like I've been trying to get over this addiction for years. But with Jesus, he gives us the self-control that we do not have. Again, when we say that Jesus is living water, it means that he fills us. Like he fills every part of our lives, every part of our soul, every part of our, our heart, every part of our brokenness, every part of our desires, every part of our longing, every part of our pain, every part of our aching, every part of the thirst inside of us. He fills and he satisfies it all. And Jesus says, he's like, you, you've been pouring out this water to remember how God faithfully provided water for you out in the desert. But let me tell you, I am the living water. I am the living water. I am able to fill and satisfy every part of who you are. Are you scared? Do you feel like you have no more strength through this trial that you're walking through? I'm enough. 
I'm enough. Are you in pain? I'm, I'm enough. Are, are you longing? I'm enough. Are you looking for your worth and something to validate you? Something to finally be enough? Are you searching for it in shopping and sex and whatever you're running? Maybe another promotion. I and only me. I am the living water. I will fill and I will satisfy every part of who you are. That's good news, right? Okay, so Jesus is the living water, but maybe you're just wondering, okay, that's great, but how do we get this water? I'm pretty sure I haven't seen Jesus come with a pitcher of water to fill me. And so, like, how do, we, how do we get this water? Thankfully, Jesus tells us in the verses we just read. Jesus says, you just come to me and you drink it. You want this water? You need to approach me. You need to, to come near me and you need to drink this living water that I offer you. Just to share it, these two words, coming and drinking, are both active words. Like we need to intentionally come to Jesus. We need to intentionally go to Jesus. We need to intentionally get ourselves near Jesus and we need to drink it. Like get this, Jesus will not fill us if we're not looking for him. Jesus will not fill us if we're not approaching him. Jesus will not fill us if we're just sitting there kind of wishing things away. Again, we need to go to the source of water, which is Jesus. I mean, just checking a box or saying we're a Christian or even going to church will not fill us. Instead, when we are thirsty, we need to go to the water, right? When we're thirsty, we need to move. When we're thirsty, we need, we need to go and drink. Going back to the Omaha Zoo this summer, I'm not sure if I mentioned this detail. It was 95 degrees, okay? 95 degrees. I walked by a few people. They were flipping burgers and hot dogs on the sidewalk. I was like, do you have any drinks to go with that? I can pass on a burger, but I take a drink. And we played, uh, as a family, we paid roughly, I think it was like $9,000 to get into the place. And so uh, in spite of our kids screaming about it being hot and it being thirsty, it was like, does this face look like it cares? We are getting every cent of the $9,000 that we just spent in. And so what did I do? Whenever I saw a fountain, I would point out a fountain to our family and our family, like a herd of cattle, they'd almost trot in a line over to the fountain and they would drink. And when they saw the Mr. Sprayer things, you know what I'm talking about? Most people just go and they stand underneath them to get moist. Moist is such an ugly word. Should I say it again? They'd stand underneath it to get moist. Okay, I'll try not to say it again. Moist. Okay, anyways. So, but my kids, though, what would my kids do? They wouldn't just stand underneath it and get moist. I'm not kidding. My kids, their mouth is like it's wide open. Like they're just trying to get as much water as they possibly can. Even though the water was free, we physically had to move to where the water was. We had to physically go to the source of, of water. We had to get our butts there, and then we also had to drink it. And so when Jesus says to come and drink, it's an active thing. It's an active thing. We need to spiritually move ourselves. But more than just being active words, these words in the, in the Greek mean to continuously, to constantly, to continually come and drink. Like Jesus is saying, don't just approach me one time years ago. And don't just approach me when you think you're thirsty. Don't just approach me when you really need me. And don't just approach me on Sundays either. Instead, constantly, continuously, over and over again, constantly come near, come approach me, keep drinking this living water water that I give you. Translation for us, it's not hard and the water is free. Just get to the source of water, which is Jesus, and keep drinking. 
Translation for us, just talk with Jesus throughout the day, every day. It's called praying. Translation for us, each day, just follow him instead of yourself. Today, Jesus, you're in control. I'm not. Jesus, today, you're talking. I'm listening. Jesus, today, I am following you. You are the leader. I'm surrendering everything that I am to you today. Translation, open up our Bibles each day so we can hear from God. Translation, ask Jesus to use you. And then when he speaks, don't just sit there. Instead, actually do what he tells us to do. Are you thirsty? Again, as Christians, we love to make this more complicated, but once more, it's not hard. The water's free. How do we get the water? We just stay close to the source. To stay as close to Jesus as we can, constantly, continuously, staying near him, staying with him, staying by him, following him, and drinking the living water that he offers us. And with this, I just got to ask if we're here today, and we, we just feel like we're dry. If we're here today and we just feel like we're empty, a simple question I just want to ask, are we, are we actively seeking Jesus? I just want to ask, are we, are we constantly seeking out Jesus every single day? If that's you, if you're just like, I feel so empty and I've already done all the Christian stuff and I, I'm clearly a follower of Jesus, uh, my question for us, are we actively daily, minute by minute, just seeking more of Jesus? It's like, Jesus, I just want to be as close to you as I possibly can. I just want to be near you, as close to you. I just want to acknowledge you throughout the day. As the pastor, one of the, the things that I often hear, and I think it comes off as a, as a compliment, a supposed compliment, but I'll have people say, Jesus, on Sundays I feel so filled. On Sundays my life is just like filled to the brim and I feel like I can take on the world. But Monday through Saturday, I'm so dry. Again, the person says it as a, as a compliment, but I honestly want to ask them, I was like, are, are, are you spending any time with Jesus Monday through Saturday? Think about it. If we only drank water one day a week, we would die. I mean, we just, like, just long for water. If, if we're here, we're just like, gosh, I just feel like I'm empty. I feel like I'm dry most days. It might be as simple as just asking, are you staying near the source? Are you staying close to Jesus? Are you constantly, continually getting near him? Going back to where we started earlier with pouring water and talking about Jesus filling us, so often this is where we stop. We come to church and we open up our Bibles and we pray and we talk to God and we, we ask him to fill us and that's not a bad thing. We, we need to be filled by God, but again, so often this is where we stop. When you see the truth is in our verses for today, the ones that we looked at, it actually does not say that Jesus will fill us. Jesus doesn't say that. Instead, what does Jesus say? He says that anyone who comes and drinks will have rivers of living water that will flow from their hearts. Again, anyone who comes and drinks will have what? Rivers. I love that. Not just a stream, but a river of living water will flow from our lives. And so again, we need to be filled. There's no question about that. But Jesus doesn't come to us and say he wants to fill us. Instead, Jesus comes to us and what does he say? He says, I want, I want to put a river within your soul. It's like more than filling. I, I'd love to fill you, yes, but my desire, why I'm standing here and you're celebrating this festival of, of tents, I'm not here just to fill you. Instead, I'm here to overflow your life. 
I'm not here just to fill you. That's awesome. I'm here to overflow your life. As my followers, I don't want to just fill your life. Instead, I want to overflow every part of, of, of who you are. It's like with my wife and my kids. I don't know about you, but on my own, I have no ability to love them. On my own, I have no ability to, to truly love them. But with Jesus, his love is able to flow in my life and it's able to overflow in my life and it's able to spill on over into their lives. And with my annoying coworker that I daydream about slashing their tires and, and body slamming them and it's actually not a joke, we feel that way, don't we? Okay, you guys are liars. When we're feeling that, it's like I have no ability to show patience to this person that I want to strangle. But thankfully, Jesus, with you, you not only fill my life, but you overflow my life. And so somehow, some way, I'm able to show this person who drives me crazy, I'm able to show them you, Jesus. And with this person who's hurt me, on my own, I have no grace, none. On my own, what do I have? I have revenge. On my own, I have so much bitterness in my soul. On my own, I have so much pain. But, but Jesus, he steps in and he's like, Adam, I know you don't have any on your own, but I'm here. I'm not just here to just fill you. I'm here to overflow your life. And so all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like his grace just spills out of me, spills out of us onto the people around us. Just our life as a whole, it's like Jesus is like, I didn't just come to fill you. I want to fill you. More than that, though, I want to overflow every part of who you are. And so today, maybe honestly, the reason we came today was just to hear this. For all of us, are we just wanting Jesus to fill us? Or more than that, are we wanting him to overflow our lives? It's like, I can't love this person. I can't forgive them. I have no patience with my kids. I, I just can't even stand to see that person another day. But with you, Jesus, you not only want to fill our lives, you want to overflow every part of who we are. Again, for all of us, maybe the only question we need to ask is, are we wanting Jesus to fill us? Or are we wanting Jesus to overflow us? God, would you just overflow our lives? Would you just overflow all that we are? Now today across our campuses, we're going to be doing some baptisms. And as a pastor, there is few honors that are greater than being able to be a part of a baptism. And baptism is simply an outward sign of something taking place in the heart. And it symbolizes being washed of sin, forgiveness of sin, receiving the Holy Spirit, and being adopted as a, as a child of God. And um, the water that we have in our cattle tanks at every campus is just a symbol of the living water. It symbolizes when, when the person goes down, it reminds us of how God covers us with his love. Not just kind of sporadically or kind of half, you know, halfway. Instead, he covers us with his peace. He covers us with his truth. He covers us with everything we're longing for. It reminds us of how Jesus not only fills us, but he overflows in our lives. So the people getting baptized are just saying that. They're just like, I just want to publicly declare that I'm following Jesus. I want to publicly declare that he has made me new. I want to publicly declare that Jesus has and God has forgiven me. I want to publicly declare that I long to have the living water. I long to have Jesus in my, 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 my life. To be clear, baptism is not a one-way ticket into heaven. Rather, it's only a part of the journey that we make as followers of Jesus. And so I want to say that, and I also want to say this. If you're here today and you came and you had no intentions of getting baptized, 
but you're here and you're just like, man, I just feel like that's something I've thought about doing. That's something I've, I've kind of wanted to do, but I feel like I'm too old. If you're here and you want to be baptized, we would love to have you take that step. At all of our campuses, we have a full change of clothes you can leave in the same clothes you're wearing, completely dry. We have everything covered. All the clothes we'll give you. They're free to take home with you. We'd just love to have you take that step. Maybe you were baptized as an infant, and, and since that time 30 years ago, you've started following Jesus yourself, and you want to make that covenant your own, which by the way is exactly what your mom and dad prayed for 30 years ago, that at some point you would make that covenant your own, or maybe you're here and you've never been baptized. And again, it's just like, I've always wanted to, but I feel like it's too late. It is never, ever too late. I just want to invite you, just to encourage you, just to consider being baptized today, committing yourself, recommitting yourself to Jesus. One last thing I want to say though, my favorite part of the verses My favorite thing that Jesus says is one of the simplest things. My favorite part is who he says is welcome to approach him. It's my favorite thing is who he says can come. Who does he say? Anyone. Anyone who's thirsty. Well, God, I just got to ask. There's got to be some guidelines on that. Nope, anyone. Nope, (laughs) God, this is, you know, 2018 we're talking about. There's got to be some restrictions to anyone. Nope, anyone who's thirsty. You mean the, the, the critical Pharisee? Anyone. The wretched sinner? Anyone. My judgmental sister? Anyone. My broken friend? Anyone. The person who hasn't set foot a day in church in their life? Anyone. The addict? Anyone. Anyone. Anyone who's thirsty. If you don't know, if you've never heard, anyone applies to you. Somehow, I, I still can't believe it, it even applies to me. Jesus says, anyone who's thirsty, just come. I'll give you living water. I'll put a river within your soul, and you'll never thirst again. It will fill and satisfy and overflow. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we come before you thankful. You meet us in our greatest need of thirst. All of us, I got to believe, when we really think about it, when we grasp it, know what it's like to be spiritually thirsty, and yet you come and you tell us about a living water, which is yourself. Jesus, today I pray for all of us across our campuses that we'd get close to you, the source, and not just come near you one time when you changed our lives. Instead, we would approach you every single day, that we'd just acknowledge you, that we'd just sit with you, that we'd open up your word and listen to you, that we'd follow you, God, that we'd just get as close as we possibly can to you. And we're grateful that you fill us, but more than filling us, you overflow in our lives. You overflow us. God, I pray across campuses, if there's one person who's on the fence about getting baptized, I pray they take the step. They're just like, man, I'm embarrassed. I don't even know why I'm feeling this way, but I'm just feeling like I'm supposed to, supposed to get baptized. I pray, God, you'd give us the courage to step out and take that step. Lord, again, we love you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said, amen, amen.